you think about taking him out of the game after so many uh, snap that snap? No, I didn't. We were fine. What? What? Sorry, everyone must be screaming in here. I can't hear you. What you say? Did you think about taking him out of the game after so many uh, snap that snap? No, I didn't. We were fine. We were fine. What? What? You can't be serious, man. Forget you. you play well when you win. What? If you don't win, you don't play well. What'd you say? What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. You, know, you play well when you win. If you don't win, you don't play well. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I've noticed that I say things on repeat a lot. Yeah, there was execution some and there was Miami. Part of it because their defense is good and part of it because we didn't execute. They were just not executing well right now. We're in it till the end. We just got to execute better. Play tough on both sides, but we got to execute. What? What? Is the most important thing about this season developing Sam Darnold? It's trying to win ball games. What'd you say? You cannot be serious! Forget you! You gotta take each game one by one and we're fine, we're fine, we're fine. Really? Oh, I don't think so. I look at the film and I like that. Is the most important thing about this season developing Sam Darnold? It's trying to win ball games. We just gotta execute better. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response, still gotta get turnovers. You don't play well when you lose ball games, so we gotta get turnovers and do a little more. Were you even close to anything what? that could be considered a rational thought? Forget you. This relationship isn't working. You, know, you play well when you win. You can't be serious, man. If you don't win, you don't play well. You cannot be serious. The New York Jets. I think Jeff fans. Jeff fans. Jeff fans. Bird, Bird. very passionate. Bird, Bird. Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jeff fans. Very passionate. Brady sucks. Dolphins sucks. Darn an unbeliever. everybody and welcome to the latest edition of the ain't easy being green podcast broadcasting to you live from beautiful amazing picturesque crystal lake studios in putnam valley new york on the elite sports radio network and as always we are broadcasting to you live from houston texas where i am joined by the biggest jet fan in the state of texas returning from a wonderful trip with the family his name is michael garris everyone yes what's going on jet fans returning from miami i was out there but what do you do with the fam like you want the cruise you're on a cruise ship for the first time yeah yeah we went on took a cruise to the bahamas it was a good time uh, i got to watch the game with a bunch of miami fans that's gross so that was probably the low point of my vacation oh wow that had to be tough that had to be tough that's that's one of those you start thinking about international laws and if you could judo toss somebody overboard and like what the penalties would be in that <laughs> Especially the way that the game went, Mike. But we're happy to have you back and that you got back safe in town and that you had a wonderful time with the family. What I did, Mike, was anticipate the Jet game, prepare mentally for the Jet game, get ready for the W in my head, which I thought was going to happen, and then Sunday occurred. Yeah. Now, I'm, hap- I'm happy that you were able to watch the game, Mike, but unfortunately, this was a rough one. This was the toughest loss of the season 
the way Sam played, Spencer Long, the snaps, the, in- the complete inept answers and just complete bewildered responses by Todd Bowles, which we're going to get into shortly after the game, Mike. A complete debacle of a day, which leads into Sam not even playing this week with all of a sudden now he has an ankle injury. Oh, man, Mike, it was tough. Tough. Tough for all Jet fans. Uh, you know, another loss of the Dolphins. Mike, what do you got to say about it? I'm going to tell you why I'm mad. Yeah, I'm... You know, I was sitting at the bar, and I was getting harassed by these Miami fans. And I just turned around, and I asked them a simple question. And I said, what's your plan? And they were, like, looking at me. I'm like, so talk to me. You're you're talking trash about my team and how bad they're losing to your team. What's your plan moving forward? Oh, so, so it's Ryan Tannehill, right? Or... It's Kenyon Drake and Adam Gates, right? Like, this is what you're building? I'm gonna tell you why I'm mad. We were just quiet. I'm like, we have a 21-year-old right now who has a center who's shotgunning balls all over your stadium. And he's struggling. But guess what? He's 21. And there will be another day tomorrow. But you guys have Ryan Tannehill. So shut up. And I just left it at that, and there was not another word spoken to me. Let's give Mike a round of applause, everybody, because that's tremendous. Now, you dropped the mic on him, and you should have. It was not an easy day to be a Jet fan, especially around a bunch of Dolphin fans. If you make as many mistakes as we did, if you're going to have... Mike, look at it like this. There was four interceptions, seven snaps that were completely just mind-boggling. It just looked, we just looked offensively like we had no idea what we were doing. Spencer Long. I just, Mike, I don't even, I don't even know what to say, Mike. I'm going to have an aneurysm right now. I'm watching the game and of those seven possessions where he had a bad snap to Sam, all seven possessions turned out negatively for us. There's either interceptions, balls thrown out of bounds, or sack. I mean, it was just, and it went on and on and on. You're watching the game, Mike, and you're saying, how is he still in the game? How is he still in the game? It's like when somebody gets in their mind, like a catcher in baseball every once in a while, can't throw the ball back to the pitcher, like Mackie Sasser on the Mets. Remember when we were little kids? If anyone remembers yeah. that, he was throwing the ball over the head of the pitcher. Sometimes it just gets in their head. It seemed like he was mentally just shot, Spencer Lowell. He should not have been in the game. And after the game, Mike Todd Ball says the only reason he pulled him was because of an injury. It had nothing to do with how he was playing on the field. Oh, what oh, are you supposed to say to this, that? When you hear listen. stupidity, he also said that the goal of this season is not to get Sam ready for the future; it's to win games. As a coach, I get it. You're back in the corner. You sort of have to say that. But Mike, he's actually coaching that way. Where he's not. This, it, it seems like Sam, to his detriment, the coaches on our team are detrimental to him and his growth. This offensive line is detrimental to him and him getting better. Which we've said all season, we've said in the preseason, we've watched it as the season's gone on, but this is this is absolutely pathetic this week for us to Dolph. Pathetic! This, ga- this game is another and probably the crystallist, most clearest indictment of the coaching staff as it continues to prove that they aren't equipped to, to develop a young quarterback. Sam was awful. We know he was. He lost the game. But the bigger question is, how much are those bad snaps affecting his play? How does a coaching staff justify leaving Spencer Long in the game as long as they did? And like you said, when asking Bowles, Todd said 
The decision to replace Spencer Long late in the game was due to injury, not because of the errant shotgun snaps. He And I quote, We were fine. We didn't play well on offense, period, Bowles said. It wasn't just a snapping thing. We didn't execute anything. We He should have been made the move earlier or no he, he was saying that he shouldn't have moved him earlier it was just that he got hurt and then they removed him this this to me is it's beyond words does that make any sense does that make any sense mike at all does that make any sense at all beyond words i this is why coach bulls has to go and spencer long he he should not play another snap for this team well, let me say one thing about sam he's 21 years old this is obviously the worst game that he's played but is it not ironic the worst game that he played is the game where his center couldn't snap the ball to him the whole game, or for, for, for a good portion of the game, I should say. So if you're 21 years old and you're at the line of scrimmage, you've had a bad week last week, you're taking a million things in, there's, a, there's, a, there's coverages, there's fake coverages, there's dummies, there's guys yeah. on the outside blitzing, yeah. they might drop back. There's a million things for you to take in when you're up there at that line. Okay, you have to do your job. You have to know everybody else's job also. And you're 21 years old. And now instead of thinking about all of those things when you come to the line of scrimmage, Mike, or when you're when you're in shotgun looking at the defense, you're wondering if the ball is going to get to you. Right. If these plays are runoff timing and you know a receiver is going to go out seven steps and cut in, but when you get the ball, you're already off two or three steps or two or three seconds. It throws off the entire play. Right. And he's not a veteran. He can't bounce back from that and adjust then and figure it out. He needs everything right now in his career. He needs this to be perfect. He needs everyone else to play at a decent level or above that, especially the offensive line. Just be competent enough that he doesn't have to worry about the snaps and can just worry about the defense or he's not going to be able to do anything this year. That's right. And then when you're in a game script where you're trying to force the ball late, and the defense knows exactly what you're going to do. Look, he went 21 for 39 for 229 yards with a passer rating of 31.8 for the game. He came into a game leading the NFL in interceptions with 10. He had four uh, on Sunday, which puts him up to 14. So he's now the NFL wow. leader in, in interceptions. And by the way, he has the most interceptions of any rookie quarterback since 2000. So he, you know, he's turning that ball over a lot. Um, he took four sacks, and the Jets were two for 15 on third and fourth downs. I mean, it it was a very, very, very bad game for Sam Darnold, and it was a very and and what's crazy, Keith, is of the 14 interceptions that he has. Think about how many of of those interceptions are against just one team. He had two against Miami last time and four against Miami on Sunday. So six of the 14, almost half of them are versus Miami. Yeah, and in the two games versus Miami, we had we turned the ball over eight times in those two games. We have 200 more yards than them total in those two games. We have more yards. We won time of possession. We had more first downs. Everything else, if you look at the Jets and the Dolphins in those two games, the Jets did better than the Dolphins. The defense played great pretty much in both games, especially this game, Mike. The defense, we haven't gotten to that yet, and I didn't mean to leave it out. We're just talking about the offense. Uh, the defense, Mike, two field goals. Yeah, they only give up 168 total yards of, of offense. You only give up two field goals when you're playing on the road. That's tremendous. What else, What more can you ask them to do? The last couple weeks, the defense played well all game. In the fourth quarter, they got tired, and they kind of like broke down. That didn't happen in this game. They played They played well the whole day. Dolphins, the offense is not that great. But the defense did what it was supposed to do. The offense just couldn't get it done. 
another another point to make about Bowles and him not being somebody that you can be confident in as your coach. He said he had no idea of this injury with Sam Darnold. That's what he said. Yeah. He said that Monday, Mike, right? Yeah. But on Wednesday, he's not playing Sunday. So either you knew and you lied, or you have no idea what's going on with your own quarterback of your football team. I mean, e- either option, Mike, you're a moron. Right. I mean, what are we at this point? It's just it's just so clear. This is not the leadership that's going to get Sam to the next level. Yeah. Not Todd Bowles. He's, he just doesn't seem passionate on the sideline. Game management has not been good. The Jets' record with him has not been good. Remove that 10 and 6 season, and it's completely horrible. It seems like it's time, Mike. It seems like it's time. Even if it's during the season, Jets don't normally do that. But if, if, if it seems like Sam is regressing, which it does seem like, and he looked like a deer in headlights because of how much pressure the Dolphins were able to put on him in this game out of nowhere, the offensive line was so bad in this right. game right. that Sam just looked completely bewildered. Coaching staff, I mean, I, I don't know if it's all their fault when it comes to that. They were just outmatched, apparently, but Sam is regressing. And if you make an investment in someone like the Jets did in Sam Darnold, you can't have that. No. We can't have him going back. No, and and it's exactly what's happening right now. Um, I really wanted to quickly talk to you about what you brought up before in regards to the defense um, before I get back to the point about Sam Darnold and... Jordan Jenkins probably had his best game of his career with multiple oh, sacks. Yes, he yes. was just so, so, looked so good. And Keith, I was at Cruz. I couldn't call you, but I would have called you if I was able to. I am so excited about Jamal Adams, Keith. I am so excited about this guy. He continued his excellent play as he was all over the field. He impacted the game in run support, blitzing, and coverage. This he was just tremendous. This he's kid, a pro bowler. Oh, no question. He's a pro no we question. said it at the beginning of the year. Jamal Adams in the offseason said there's not going to be. He said I'm making the Pro Bowl for the rest of my career. Now you like the bravado, but he actually is someone that seems like he can make that happen. And this year he versus the Colts, I think it was that we got the, uh, versus the Colts. He had three tackles, but he had a pass deflection that we returned for the touchdown. He caused a fumble. He's all over the place every single game, making an impact from the safety spot. And he reminds me a lot of uh, Palomalu getting in there physically as a as a safety. Ed Reed was a little bit different type of safety. He was more of a ball. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when, when you get someone like Jamal Adams, he, he'll get an interception. He did get an interception uh, this year, finally. But he's more someone that's like, like having another linebacker out there. Flies in. He has no fear. And the level he plays at the whole game, Mike, I think it does help raise up even the rest of the defense. Absolutely. And that's a great uh, depiction you brought up about Troy Palomalu. That's who he reminds me of. Because he lines up on that. I remember Palomalu with time. Those snaps just Perfectly, and just jump in there and sack the quarterback or b- break the play up. He does that all the time, and he he's a good in coverage with tackles. Also, other defenders who showed up was Avery Williamson had a good game. I thought Buster Scream did pretty well, and Jeremiah Tachu again. Uh, he had a decent game. The defense played well. I mean, it was against Brock Osweiler and a terrible dolphin <laughs> you know yeah, i mean right. I, I, it was so funny these dolphin fans are talking trash i'm looking at them like your quarterback is brock osweiler and your starter is ryan Tannehill. are you really talking to me are you really talking uh, to me you know what i'm saying like i'm looking at these cats like what the, you you think we're bad What's your future? You know what? I'll say, Mike, a couple a couple of good points, uh, a couple of bright spots from the game if you want to take a silver lining out of it. You mentioned them on defense. A couple of the bright spots on offense was Elijah McGuire coming back. He played pretty well. 
Seven carries for 30 yards for a 4.3 average. He looked really good. He had a, uh, three catches, too, for 37 yards. So he looked pretty good. Anunwa played and Robbie Anderson played, which was which was good. Not that we were able to get much done with either of them. But, I mean, Anunwa had 40 yards at least. Uh, Chris Herndon, though, another good game. 62 yards for him. Didn't get a touchdown this week, as we know, because we didn't have a touchdown. But he seems to be like someone that is going to be a connection with Sam or that Sam does have a good chemistry with. I know there were roommates in the before, before the season started, so they bonded that way. So, I mean, that's a few, you know, bright spots at least, but another tough loss for the Dolphins. Yeah, Elijah McGuire. Can I ask you something, Keith? Why wasn't he used to Correll had 13 carries. Elijah McGuire had seven carries. Uh, you know, 30 yards, 49 yards, not that far off the average. But he did seem like someone that was a little, that coming back, fresh legs. He hasn't played at all. Obviously, he had a broken leg. He just came back from that. Uh, he looked he looked really good. And maybe next week, Mike, I think he probably will get maybe a little bit more of that ball. Cruel is a veteran, and, you know, he is somebody that he's, he's had two gigantic games yeah. this year. But as I, as I detailed last week, he's had six or seven other games where he didn't have over 50 yards. So it was a tough loss, and we know that somebody that's been on the hot seat because of that loss, Michael, is the New York Jets head coach, Todd Bowles, who after the Jet game had a press conference that Bart Scott had a few things to say about, as you know. That made headlines everywhere. As I watched it sitting in my living room, I also found a few things interesting, Mike. And if you don't mind, I'd like to go through this with you. A little segment we're going to call Press Conference Nonsense. The situation uh, kind of got heavy on me. When one facet of the team plays so well for you guys, say the defense and the offense struggles like that, what kind of dynamic is that for you trying to lead the locker room when there's obviously a lot of frustration? There is no dynamic. You play well when you win. If you don't win, you don't play well. You play well when you win, and if you don't win, you don't play well. That sounds like a statement somebody would make who's had seven or eight beers in the parking lot, and you're like, wait, the dude, the, did you just flip your words there? Because that makes no sense. And that was the beginning of a very strange press conference. Mike. So I would ask him, that. did um, Kansas City, when they played against the Patriots this year, did they play poorly when they lost scoring 40 points i mean that statement alone it's just like i don't i don't necessarily know what you mean todd Bowles, and that's like it kind of is not a dumbfounded reporter so listen to this one mike is the most important thing about this season developing sam darnold it's trying to win ball games is the most important thing about this season developing sam darnold he said we're trying to win ball games we mentioned this earlier now that quote itself mike isn't that disturbing to me except one thing the way he's coaching, the way he's going about this season seems to be it's more important for him to save his job than develop this young quarterback. And what the Jets need isn't the job security of Todd Bowles to be a priority for our head coach. We need the head coach that the priority is having Sam Darnold develop and become the best possible quarterback he can this year. So in the offseason, he builds even more. Next year, he comes in, he's ready to rock and roll, and you continue to ascend. We need someone that can make him be the best quarterback humanly possible. Not someone that's worried and he said it there, which might not seem that shocking to people when you hear it, but at the same token, what, look, look at the moves he's making, the way he's going about things. All of a sudden, Sam Darnold has a foot injury, which I'm not saying is a conspiracy, but some of the things Todd Bowles has done decision-making-wise and the way he seems like uh, he's going about things, just more worried about wins and losses than developing Sam Darnold. And Sam Darnold has definitely been very, the last two weeks. Very, very bad. His quarterback rating the last two weeks has been bottom of the barrel. And I mean, it's not Nathan Peterman, but it's it's right above that. I mean, it's Nathan Peterman is something that we've never <laughs> seen before. But I digress. Sam is, is struggling right now. And 
you know, some rookie quarterbacks go through stuff like this, and the coaching staff isn't helping. Now, I'm not going to give Sam a complete pass because <clears throat> coaching staff has been the way they have. There's some of those passes, Keith, on Sunday, that I really did not understand what the what he was doing. I have no idea. I, there was a play that yeah. he was throwing it. I think it was to Robbie Anderson. He was completely covered. What are you doing? I, I understand that the snapper is throwing the ball and your timing's off. Jeremy Bates isn't running plays that help you defend. But you cannot be careless like that. That Those throws reminded me of Geno Smith. They reminded me of Mark Sanchez. I'm sorry. I know Jeff fans, you don't want to hear that. But that's what it reminded me of because I was looking at a terrible throw. And he had a couple of those, and he was off. He was off. So, you know, the quarterback has to, you know, and he said, I'm playing terribly. And, yeah, you do. You, yeah. So you bounce back, do what you got to do. I know yeah. there must be some sort of boot gate because I know there was nothing wrong with him. You know, he wasn't hobbling after the end of the game. Now, all of a sudden, he's got a broke leg. They just want to put McCown in. They want to give him some time off. They want to go into the bye and get him ready for New England. Yeah, and, you know, it's, it's, it's just so funny, Mike. It seems like... That is something that sounds crazy, but at the same token, I bet you his injury is not something that if the Jets were, you know, rolling right now and he was playing well, that he'd be sitting out. Right. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, if he just came right. off a W and, you know, we had a winning record right now and we were kind of rolling, Sam Reynolds not sitting this game out. There's no chance of that. Now, let me let me play something else for you, Mike. Take a, let's take a listen to this one right here. And, Mike, another interesting thing that Todd Bowles had to say, another head-scratcher, something that made absolutely no sense at all, was when asked about Spencer Long. Did you think about taking him out of the game after so many uh, snap that snap? No, I didn't. We were fine. We didn't play well on offense, period. What? 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 <laughs> what are you talking about, Todd Bowles? What are you talking about? We were fine after that many bad snaps and him messing up that many times. Sam threw an interception on one of them. You don't see this? You don't pull him? You say we're fine? What are you talking about? This is the gaps and the disconnect that the fan base, that the media, that NFL analysts have with this coach. How you can say that the status quo is okay <clears throat> when your center is shooting moonshots all over the stadium makes no sense to me or anyone else. And Todd Bowles, it's time for you to go because stuff like what you just said, like if he had said, well, we know that Spencer's been struggling because of his finger. We thought he could play through it. Okay. Yes. I would have been, That's okay, different. all right, that shows okay. shows some semblance of logic in your mind or at least a cohesive thought that makes sense. Like we gave him a shot. He's our best center. I know his finger was messed up. But you don't leave somebody in there for six or seven snaps like this, Mike. You don't do it. Right. You don't, you don't see coaches do anything like that. It's a red, it's, it's obvious the announcers are even like, what the hell is going on? I know. You know, I mean, the announcers are burying bowls on national television. I know. Even the, and it's sad, even at the thing, the Dolphin fans were like, why is he still in there? I'm like, I don't know. I, I don't know. And even, they even showed Harrison, the backup center, and he was on the sidelines, like, just, like, half grinning, like, you know I should be in right They now. did show like, that, and that crazy. was funny. And he said, he, I saw, they showed him, and he said he was ready. And he hasn't messed up one snap the whole season, so I mean. Nah. 
it doesn't seem like his talent level is that far of a drop-off from Spencer Long. Before this game, this week, we've highlighted Spencer Long for playing horribly on this podcast. Yeah. And what did he do this week? It was We thought he hit the bottom of the barrel. Mike, no, there's a lower level to the barrel than we even got. No, ne- I've never seen a center play that bad. And again, we, as I've stated before, are spoiled. We've had just perfection at the center position for almost two decades. So this, we're not used to it. We're just not used to it. Now, another strange thing that Todd Bowles said, another response that didn't make too much sense to me was about getting turnovers. Still got to get turnovers. You don't play well when you lose ball games, so we got to get turnovers and do a little more. Okay, he said you don't play well when you lose ball games. Another one of those Todd Bowles haikus. That you're like, wait, you don't play well when you lose. You mean, okay, we'll, we'll take another time to figure that one out. But... The, the defense gave up two field goals on Sunday. They gave up two yeah. field goals. They gave up 168 yards. What more do you want them to do? Also, I mean, obviously turnovers help, but a punt, when the other team punts the ball, that's you turning it over. So besides two field goals, that's all they did all day long. Mike. And Bart had a good point in his rant, and he was ranting because he's a defensive player, and he knows how that those guys feel in the locker room. And they held up their end of the bargain. And... A comment like that makes people start to point fingers like, oh, you're, wait, you're, you're saying we had to do something else when your offense turned the ball over four times and we only prevent, prevented them to just two field goals and 168 yards? You know what I'm saying? And that causes division in the locker room because they weren't praised by Todd. Todd didn't come out and say our defense played superbly. They did this right. They did this right. He said, well, we didn't play well, and the defense should have caused more turnovers. Yeah, and that, that's, and that's why how. Why not you acknowledge that your offense, offensive uh, um, coordinator didn't pull his center or your quarterback wasn't throwing interceptions everywhere or your play calling was just as vanilla bland as it always is and predictable how about you be a coach and analyze the game and see the game for what it is instead of pointing blame at a unit that actually kept you in the game to the last drive of the game yeah they played they played spectacularly that's what the defense did and i didn't think of it in that way mike but it's a good point that most coaches when the rex ryan for instance when he would have gotten to that podium he would have been gushing over the defense and he would have been giving out as many bouquets as you can. He's a different type of coach, I get it. But most coaches, I think, would have said, you know, defense played great. They really kept us in this game. Uh, he didn't do anything like that. He just seemed like he wanted to get out of this press conference as fast as possible. Let, let me play another head scratcher for you, Mike. In, in a laundry list of things that made absolutely no sense to Todd Bowles said, uh, it did seem like, I don't know, if he just completely melted down before the press conference. His mind wasn't there. Uh, maybe he, he ate an edible before the press conference. I don't know, Mike. But here, take a listen to this. Three straight losses. Do you start to worry about the mental state of this team at this point? No, I don't. We still build maturity and consistency. We're just not executing well right now. Now, when asked about the mental state of the team, Mike, that's his answer. We're still building maturity and consistency. We're just not executing. So let me ask you this. What type of consistency is he saying they're building? Because all they're doing consistently is turning the ball over, and, you know, and and and, not, and playing undisciplined football. So what does yeah. he what does he mean when he says that we're still building maturity and consistency? You know, you're not. I, we're three I and six. Think that his they're losing games. 
What is he talking I think about? He was speaking to that. He thinks that they're not mature and they're not consistent and they need to keep working on it. And that's why he said we're still building it because it's a work in progress when actually his team should be far more consistent and far more mature at the middle of the season under this coach uh, than it currently is, which is an indictment against him. So maybe that was what he was trying to say, but really he needs to take that finger and point it at himself. At the end of that little cut there, he, he did mention the team needs to execute. And there's a few other times he said that, Mike, take a listen to this, it seemed to be a theme throughout the press conference. Part of it because their defense is good, and part of it because we didn't execute. There was execution some, and there was Miami some. It wasn't just a snapping thing, it was just a, we didn't execute anything. We're just not executing well right now. We're in it till the end, we just gotta execute better. Uh, play tough on both sides, but we gotta execute. So apparently, all they need to do, Mike, to solve yeah, this is just yeah, execute. just execute. That's it's all. that easy, right? Just, <laughs> just, just, just execute. That's, a, it, that's all it, Mike. Yeah. That's all it is. I mean, goddamn. Forget about the talent gap. Forget about the lack of uh, putting your team in the best right. place coaching-wise. He's saying they are putting them in the best place coaching-wise. They're just not yeah, executing. Right. So again, uh, to me, that's him putting it on the players to a degree. I didn't hear one single time in this press conference where he put any onus on the coaching staff at all for this abysmal performance by the offense. It was all about the players not executing. You know what? With what I saw out of consistency and executing, I saw Lachlan Edwards executing a whole lot of punts. I saw a lot of drives starting within our own 20. You know what I'm saying? I, I saw Jason Myers have uh, miss a field goal, his second one, but uh, uh, make some more field goals, so he did execute a little bit there. But I I see special yeah, teams a lot, but that's because the offense is always three and out. And again, why? What's the theme behind this? What What is the issues behind all of this? It's the coaching, and it's all about Coach Bowles. And I just I like you said, you know, we don't feel that he's the guy to lead Sam Darnold's development and this team's development into the future, I think it's pretty apparent. And if we lose to the Bills on Sunday, Keith, he's done. He's done. He's done. If we lose to the Bills on Sunday, now we're going to get into the game in a moment. We know uh, we know Josh McCown's going to be in there. Sam's going to miss this game. I, I think we're going to put a smackdown on the Bills with, with McCown yeah, in there. I, I really so. do. Uh, if McCown was, if, if a healthy McCown played all these games we played this season so far, we'd have a much better record. Yeah, it might be the six yeah. and three if you think about it, because uh, and that's not just being a Homer Jet fan. That's not just you know loving the Jets like we do. Those two Dolphin games would easily yes. have been wins. Uh, you know, we, we wouldn't have turned them over eight. It wouldn't have been six ter- uh, interceptions in two games for Josh McCown. And in the Browns game, I think he probably win that game too. So uh, I think we have a better record if he's in there. But that, that's not what this year is about. You know, and, and I get that. We totally all understand that. But if that's not what this year is about, then why isn't Sam playing if his injury is not that bad? But, you know, I guess injuries, ankles, things like that, they can creep up on you over a few days. But Todd Bowles, Mike, you know, he's not instilling confidence in Jet fans. And the media's crushing him, rightfully so. I think his days are numbered. But let's get into the game that could decide his fate. Jets versus the Bills. Week 10 of the NFL. Situation uh, got heavy on. All right, Michael. So this Sunday we have the Jets, we have the Bills, a home game. 
Uh, you know, for me, the Jets-Bills home game can be a little feisty in the crowd. Uh, we won't mention specifics, but those games do get a little wild, a little a little, a little, little raucous in the crowd if you have these clown shoe Canadian Bills fans that come down. And the Bills as a team are garbage. <laughs> that's, that, that's, all, that's all I can say about the Bills. Like, they're averaging 10.7 yeah. points a game. I mean, that, yeah. that's last in the league. So, I mean, 200, 240 yards of total offense a game, 31st in the league. 151 passing yards a game, that's last in the league. And 97 rushing yards a game, that's 23rd in the league. So their offense is absolutely abysmal. It's worse than the Jets' offense as bad as we've been for a good portion of the season. But their defense is formidable. And we were talking about this, Mike. Overall in the league, they're actually only giving up about 313 yards a game, which is which is crazy if you think about it, considering how bad their team is. Uh, offensively, their defense has actually done really well this year. You really can't pass the ball on them. Rushing yards, only 101 a game. Though, as a team, I don't know, going into this game with Josh McCown in there, I feel really confident at home. I don't know if Peterman's going to QB or if Josh Allen. Kind of a different look this week with him in there. Sam's going to sit out. Anderson and Nua, all those guys know that they have a veteran quarterback who's played a million games in the air now. As opposed to a young pup like Sam, what do you look to see out of the Jets this week? And do you think they're going to take a W? I absolutely think they're going to take a W with McCown starting. I think it's going to be a bloodbath. Um, we know what McCown can do. I think it's going to be a bloodbath basically because I think our defense is actually pretty good. Like I talked to you before, um, the Jet defense played well against Chicago. It played well against Minnesota. It played well against the Colts and Andrew Luck. Uh, this defense has talent. Our, te- our defense, the Jet defense, and the Bills currently are producing 151 yards a game they have uh over 16 interceptions they're getting sacked they got 33 sacks on the season they've been sacked uh i think we're going to get after them and i don't think it's really going to be close to be honest with you especially with the fact that i know mccown is going to be in there i do i understand their defense is pretty good but uh, I think McCown is a quarterback that could play at an average QB to a little above average uh, if given in the right situation. And with Quincy Inunua and Herndon and Curse and Robbie all healthy, um, I fully expect this offense to take advantage of their opportunities. And I believe that the defense will destroy this Bills offense at home, and I think it, I don't think it'll be close. I think the Jets will win, and they'll win pretty convincingly. All right, well, I love the confidence. I love the bravado. Uh, I don't know if they're going to win by that big of a margin, just considering how good the Buffalo Bills' defense is and the deficiencies we have in the offensive line right now. Better offensive teams than us have not been able to put up that many yards versus them, which doesn't mean that we won't be able to, but our defense could put us in some really good situations versus the Bills, and that's pretty much the way they've been losing games this year is their offense can't move the ball at all. They lose the field position battle, and they just it's hard for them to get wins that way because they're always kind of behind the eight ball when it comes to field position, similar to kind of some of the Jets games this season. Uh, they have McCoy, they have Chris Ivory in the backfield. Both those guys have about 80 carries. Uh, McCoy, you know, averaging 3.1 yards on attempt, not really that good. And 3.5 on attempt for, for Ivory. So neither of those guys this year, this year especially really scare you. McCoy does have 23 catches out of the backfield, Mike. So he's catching the ball, doing a little bit when it comes to uh, those wide receiver screens and those little dump-off passes. Zay Jones, Kelvin Benjamin are their main receivers. Charles, Charles Clay at tight end. Nothing on offense. Nothing. No. 
nothing they have on offense should I mean, frighten the Jets. You got the big, the big uh, uh, Kelvin Benjamin. Uh, you know, he's really not somebody that really scares you. Now on defense, uh, Edmonds is a monster. He's an absolute monster. He has 45 solo tackles, 17 assisted. He has a sack. Uh, and then Jordan Poyer has uh, two interceptions on the season. They have some guys on defense that we should actually be worried about. Um, but McCoy, Ivory, um, you know, Zay Jones, Kelvin Benjamin, Charles Clay, Andre Holmes, none of these guys are people that we really need to worry about offensively. But defensively, Tremaine Edmonds and Lorenzo Alexander, uh, Tredavious White at quarterback could cause some problems. He could really, if they stick White on uh, on, um, on on Quincy, that could be somebody who holds down at least one side of the field. Their cornerbacks are pretty good. But, again, I just feel like their offense is just so terrible and that our defense is good. And I think that Todd Bowles knows that his job is on the line. And I think the players in the locker room know. See, that's the one thing I hate about this situation, Keith, is that I know that these Jet players love Todd Bowles. I know they do. It they do. sucks. That's the, it's not. not like a situation where we're like, all right, the players hate him. They're, they actually really like him. So they're going to play for him. And this is the type of Jet team or seeing the Jets previously, you know, and knowing them, I feel like this is a game that they're going to come out and they're going to do well. There's obviously that bond between players and coaches, and they don't want to get a coach right. fired or feel like they have any responsibility in that. And Jamal Adams put a lot of it on his shoulders and said some really positive things about Todd Bowles this week. He really is a leader. He really is someone that says the right things, has a good head in his shoulders, man. You can just tell. I'm just so happy he's on the Jets. That was such Absolutely. a good draft pick by the Jets right there. But Lorenzo Alexander, like you said, tremendous. Jerry Hughes also has four and a half sacks. Kyle Williams is always causing problems in the middle. So their defense is yep. formidable. I don't know if our offensive line, coming off last week, where the Dolphins' defensive line before last week didn't do much. Cameron Wake hadn't done anything the whole season. Uh, and last week, he's just running by our, our offensive line like it's no problem. Brandon Shell had his worst game of the season by far last week. Getting penalties, getting blown up. Uh, he The only bright spot of the season, offensive line-wise, as you mentioned, Mike, was Brandon Shell before last week. And he was just like everyone else last Terrible. week. He played horribly. First, Buffalo, you have to worry just because they have such a better defensive line than the Dolphins do. Uh, that's going to cause problems for McCown, cause problems for the team. But having McCown back there, having a signal call that will be able to see things, you know, identify things a little bit better than Sam at this point. Played really well last year, McCown, when he was in there for us. That's all we've seen for him is him play pretty good. So I feel pretty confident we'll go in take a W too, Mike. Hope so. They, for Todd's sake, they better go ahead and do that. Let Sam rest and relax and internalize and get ready for the Cheaters two weeks from now. Yes, the Patriots, the hated rival. I can't, I can't wait till oh we God. do our show, show right before oh the Patriots. I just can't. I've been waiting. I mean, wait, I hate that team so much. Yeah, I mean, uh, we'll, we'll have all the data ready. We'll have everything ready for the Patriots game. And they are the hated rival. And let's not get ahead of ourselves. Oh, the first hated rival of the Bills. They're coming up this week. Going to be a tough game, I think. But I think it'll be close. Unlike you, Mike, I don't think we're going to run away with it. But I do think we're going to win. I think with McCown, we're going to get in there and take a W. Get out of the bye week. Chill out. Patriots after that. All right, Mike, I want to, again, as always, thank everybody who listens and supports us, who hits play, who likes us. 
who tells their friends about us. We'd really do appreciate it. We get at us on Twitter, get at us on everywhere you possibly can. Mike, will you let people know where those places are if they want to reach out to AEBG? Well, as all of you know, we are hosted on the Elite Sports Network. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes. Please follow us on Facebook at AEBG.JetsRadio. On Twitter, at AEBG underscore NYJ Podcast. And on Instagram, at Jet.AEBG. Well, even on the bye week, though, we will be here with AEBG talking about football and talking about some other things in the, in the world of the NFL and the world of the Jets. We'll still be there for you guys. But until then, hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. We'll get at you next time. Peace out. Yeah, she did.